Hey guys, what's up? This is week 94, and Excuse King is back. I want to be talking a little softer because I have like strep throat or something. I'm sick, so Excuse King. So if it's bad, it's cluttered, blame it on the strep throat. Literally, though, I feel like I'm dying, so forgive me. And uh, I want to apologize to Derek Bourgeois because this is his episode that he picked. This is week 94, uh, Polizio Tetsi, uh, Italian crime films, and uh, he wanted me to cover like five Italian crime films. I did him a favor. I did seven. So we're going to hop into this. Let me uh, <coughs> talk a little bit about what Polizio Tetsis are. They are a subgenre of Italian film made in the 60s and 70s that are Euro crime inspired by American vigilante films and the American crime films. Some people say like French Connection. But they incorporate a lot of things like vigilanteism, crooked cops, extreme left groups, extreme right groups, uh, students, hippies, militants, all sorts of things like that. <laughs> so... <coughs> They've been accused of being fascist, but it's more so kind of a, a judgment on all things, to be honest. I'm going to... Uh, <coughs> sorry, I'm dying here. But uh, the first one, I'm going to start off with... I didn't see any of these. I didn't watch any of them on purpose. I didn't rewatch like Almost Human or Street Law or Hitchhiker Contraband or any of those ones. I wanted to start out fresh. So I started off with the Fernando de Alejo box set, and I started off with the first of the Milan trilogy. This is Caliber 9. Okay, Caliber 9 follows the story of a... This uh, recently released mafioso low-level guy called Uga Piazzi. And um, essentially, this guy is supposedly, he went to prison and he hid some money before. That's what all the mob bosses think he did. But throughout the whole movie, he's denying it. He's denying it to his girlfriend, to the police, to all the other mafia guys. And they're roughing him up and giving him a hard time throughout the whole movie. He has a very unique look. To me, he looks like Fedora Milianenko, which is kind of funny. But you start to feel bad for the guy and you start to get on his side. <laughs> The two cops in this movie are played by Frank Wolf and Luigi Pistelli, and they kind of represent um, one kind of an extreme from the left and extreme north, and they kind of collide. We have Luigi Pistelli's more for the people kind of deal, and, and Frank Wolf just wants to get the job done. And they have this turmoil that kind of shows the political stance of you know Italy at the time. They don't play into the story as much as you would think, but they are there, and they are good actors, and you will recognize them. They appeared in The Great Silence by Sergio Carbucci together, so that's kind of cool. Uh, Mario Aldolf appears in this one as well. He also appears in the, the other one coming up. But he was in um, um, Major Dundee, the Sam Peckinpah movie, and was believed to be considered for Emilio, Emilio Fernandez's role in The Wild Bunch, El Mapache, which would have been very interesting. He plays this manic kind of gangster who's there to rough up Uga Piazzi and find out if he has the money or not. He goes completely 180 all the time. He's very manic. He's very uh, intense and very entertaining. This movie is kind of like a slow kind of build. There's some action here and there. It's well shot. You could tell it definitely inspired guys like Quentin Tarantino, but the ending is a knockout. It goes somewhere and you, yeah, you're thinking, yes, yes, yes. And uh, and then it has another twist, which I also loved. And uh, there's a, a scene where someone gets punched in the faces, which got to be one of the most iconic scenes in one of these movies. I've seen it used as gifts and everything. But a uh, very memorable ending, very great ending, very nice twist. And uh, the ending really brought this one up. At first, I was like, this is kind of average. And then when the ending came, I was like, no, this is a lot better than average. This is really cool. And I think that people will kind of uh, like this one for sure. And if you, you're going to check out a Fernando de Leo movie, I would check this one out for sure. Oh, yeah. 
Hugo. You got no choice. You got no choice. You're not gonna get near that 300 grand because we ain't gonna leave you alone for a stinking second. You ain't gonna be able to take a piss unless one of us is there to pull a chain. We'll hound you. We'll be on every bus, on every train, at the airport. If they kill you, that's okay with me because I'll have one punk less to worry about. What do you want from me? Protection, right? We used to throw you guys in prison and let you rot. Now they tell us we gotta take good care of our boys. I'll tell you something you ought to know. One way or another, you're gonna give back that 300 grand. One way or another! Vic, use your head. I am using my head. No, not for thinking. Just two shots, you better get him. No! Shoot him! Come on! No! No, there's no one I have to say goodbye to. If you really want to see me, bring the 300 grand. You got to give your answer tonight, and you ain't got too good an answer. They'll make you pay and pay hard. There's no mafia anymore. The mafia's dead. Up to now, the police have always been at the service of the rich. <laughs> Okay, the next one is also from the Italian collection from Fernando de Alay, Euro Crime Collection. And this is, I should have just took it out of the box, but this is the Italian connection, the second part of the Milan trilogy. And this follows the story of Mario Adolf, who's this low-level pimp. <laughs> Again, a completely different character for him from the last film. And he's tremendous in this one as well. What happens is he is uh, pinned for something, and he doesn't know what he did. The big mob bosses want him out of the picture. So they hire in these two American assassins, played by Woody Strode and Henry Silva, um, which is excellent. And they come in, and they're supposed to pick him off. And that's basically the plot of the movie. And Marty Adolf's trying to figure out what he did or, or how's it going to go down. And this movie just is kind of a, you realize what's happening, and it's him being pushed around and trying to survive and going from one place to another. And at the very end of the movie... It kind of explodes, um, and he ends up, you know, having to defend himself at an extreme level. The end shootout in this movie is spectacular. Uh, there's not one like it. 
Uh, it's very, very uh, crazy and almost pulpy for this movie, but it's excellent. And uh, it ends in a junkyard. Like, that's all I'm going to say. But there's some, you know, some people call it the Italian Charlie Varick, if that gives you some hints. But I can see that for sure. There's one of the best chases that starts off in a car chase and it ends on foot. Oh, well, half on foot. And then he jumps on the car and chases him. It is extremely dangerous. And these movies have a lot of these car chases in them. And this one has one of the best car chases. This is a solid movie. The ending, again, is a knockout. It's it's kind of reminds me of like a, a Peckinpah, too, as well. Like a Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, which would come out a couple of years later. This is 72 as well. Uh, to be honest, a lot of these bleed together. But the, uh, the, the Del Leo movies, they stand out a little bit more than some of the other ones. This one I thought was pretty good. And it was great to see Mario Adolf play a different type character from the last movie. And from all the characters I've seen him play. Uh, like It's just almost like a complete 180. Although you can't. On see him, he's always that guy, his appearance, but it's a completely different character. And, and it's great performance, and I love where it went. Uh, it's kind of like where you get this loser, you know, like Benny from Bring Me to Head. You can't lose all the time, and that's all I'm going to say. This man has $6 million worth of heroin. It belongs to the mob, and all it will cost him is his life. International Pictures presents The Italian Connection. <laughs> the Italian Connection, the story of an international manhunt with a cast of international stars, Luciana Paluzzi, Cyril Cusack, and Henry Silva and Woody Strode as the hunters. I want you to kill him in the most brutal way possible because I want it to be conspicuous, sensational. In other words, make it obvious that the job was commissioned by the New York bosses. They've come 5,000 miles to stalk their prey. Now, they're moving in for the kill. Godfather signs your death warrant. There's no place in the world you can hide. Frank, shoot us! The Italian connection. Make it, you'll make a fortune. Miss it, you'll get a little round hole right between your eyes. Okay, and the final of the Milan trilogy is, of course, The Boss, starring Henry Silva. Okay. Uh, this one opens up with a bang. Um, Henry Silva is a hitman that works for this uh, crime this crime boss. Well, he's a mid-level boss. He's not the main guy, but he has a super allegiance to him. In the very opening of the movie, they have one of the best hits I've seen involving, involving a grenade launcher in a movie theater. It's uh, pretty wild, pretty intense, pretty over the top. Uh, Henry Silva is pretty stone cold faced in this one. He's, he's better in this one, I think. He's, I think he's poorly dubbed in the uh, Italian connection, which is unfortunate, but... And this one, he's pretty intense, and he, he takes the center um, here. He's the main star. Uh, what happens here is there's kind of a, a series of twists, and he gets put in a position of a little bit more power, and there's a power struggle between the mob, and he has to play his cards right without spoiling too much. You know, it's called the boss for a reason, but I don't want to say too much. But uh, Gianni Garco's in this one, and... Uh, <laughs> 
Gianni Garco is uh, Sartana in four of the films, at least. And uh, it's very funny. He plays a uh, crooked cop. That's kind of a little bit of a spoiler here. But yeah, you got to expect crooked cops. And he plays kind of a wimp, which was very weird to see Gianni Garco play. But that's kind of nice as well. But I like how Henry Silva manages to survive at every point. Um, again, there's a pretty crazy uh, thing with the car getting pushed over the edge and things like that. There's lots of dangerous things in here, like I said. This one doesn't stand out nearly as much as the other two, I don't think, but it is a solid movie, and I don't want to go too in-depth. Like I said, these bleed together to a certain extent, which is unfortunate, kind of like if you were to watch like 10 Giallos back-to-back, but the Fernando de Leo ones do stand out, but this one stands out the least. It's not the worst one either, I don't think. I think they're all around the same caliber. Nine. But no, I'm just saying all around the same caliber. I just had to throw that in there. But this one, fairly decent. Good twist. And it goes to show you, Richard Conte is also in it. It goes to show you that just don't trust the mob. They're going to screw you over. It's all politics and bullshit like that too. Everywhere. We hate interrupting your little chat with Don Carrasco. Manzetta, you son of a bitch. Okay, the next one here is the one that Derek actually made sure. He's like, what? just pick your own, but I want you to watch this one for sure. And it is Oliver Reed and Fabio Testi and Revolver. This is a Blue Underground release. Okay, me and Derek both share a love for Oliver Reed. I think he's amazing. I think he's intense. I think nobody matches his intensity. I think he can be terrifying. Uh, Fabio Testi's also in this from, you know, The Big Racket and What Have You Done to Solange. And it's directed by Sergio Somoleta, who did Violent City with Charles Bronson and Telly Savalas, an excellent uh, Euro crime film. So, Revolver. This one is wonderful. This is the best of the bunch, I'd say. We have Oliver Reed. He's this uh, lieutenant warden, and his wife is kidnapped by these criminals, and they want him to free Fabio Testi. And Fabio Testi doesn't know why he's being freed. Oliver Reed doesn't know why he's being freed, but he decides to do it. This puts these two in an unlikely situation, an unlikely partnership, where they have to kind of unveil a bunch of corruption and criminals and people trying to kill him while he's trying to get his wife back. Um, it peels back so many layers. It, it's really well made. Oliver Reed gives one of his better performances I've ever seen. He sounds similar to how he did in the uh, uh, Hunting Party film, where he's trying to do that kind of Western accent. He sounds very similar in this one. And he has some great lines. I don't know if they're improv, but I think some of them were. But he says, I'll turn this fucking city in, <laughs> inside out like a sock until I find her, or something like that as a threat. Um, it also shows the struggle that Oliver Reed has in his mind, because he is an honest man that does not 
want to lose his soul. And it's just this weird where you're pitted in a situation where you, you got to do something. And again, it's politics. It's showing how corrupt all these systems are and everything all the way up to the top to the very bottom. And it also incorporates, you know, the hippie students and whatnot and a, a great winter retreat. This one just has a lot going for it. There's good action and there's a great performance by Oliver Reed at the center of this film. It really drives it. And the ending of the movie is just wonderful. And I don't want to spoil it, but uh, the way they frame um, so uh, two people in the shot and one kind of moves away from the other one is just like, oh, wow, after all that, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because it's just a great movie. Highly recommend it. There is a little documentary on here as well where it interviews Fabio Testi and the director. They talk about Oliver Reed was very good and early in the day, but later he'd be a little too drunk. But, and he was very intense. And they lied to the crew and said, we're filming. We're finishing up a little later. So when Oliver Reed would get out of there because people wanted to settle some scores. But great movie. Highly recommended. you got to see it.
Okay, the next one is by Sergio Martino, and it is Violent Professionals. Yeah, this is a Code Red release, and I was excited to check this one out. Sergio Martino is a journeyman director. He does jellos, he does sci-fi, he does horror, he does it all. He does Polizio Testis. This one stars a guy named Luke Miranda, and uh, I'm going to say this, he's a French actor. He is <laughs> a weak point in this film. Uh, he kind of destroys this movie, to be honest. I don't want to be that guy, but he just doesn't have much screen presence. He's not aggressive enough to fill the role. He plays a cop, a crooked cop, who kind of goes undercover to unveil a criminal organization. That's the basic plot. This movie starts off with a bang. When it opens, I was like, this is going to be amazing. I like this. It's a, a daring prison escape on a train starring two kind of a, you know, char Italian character actors, one in Luciano Rossi, who's in a bunch of Martino stuff and Ercoli stuff, and another guy who's in tons and tons of stuff. You'll recognize him. And it's very brutal. It's shot great. The action's great. And after that... <sighs> We go 45 minutes of him deep diving in the underground, and it's completely boring. It's not very interesting. It just, it's very lackluster, to be honest. I, I can't think much to it. Richard Conte's in it. He beats some people up. He's just not as believable as somebody like Franco Nero or Oliver Reed or Fabio Testi going through these places. So it kind of hurts the movie, to be honest. I don't want to be too negative on it, so it's going to be very a brief review. It's not absolutely horrible, like I said, but the opening of this movie promises something that it can never reach again. The train stuff is all great. The shootouts there are amazing. But after that, it's just kind of lackluster, and you think you'd rather see the story about him tracking down these criminals. It, it kind of paints his character in the opening, but it doesn't do much for the film after that because it's so good. And like I said, I can barely remember anything about this, and I saw it less than a week ago. So I, it's a very poor review for a movie that I don't, I think deserves it necessarily, but I don't think it's very memorable. I even had to watch the trailer to refresh me, and I was thinking, no, this is not bringing back much many memories, but that is The Violent Professionals by Sergio Martino. They all can't be winners. It does have some decent point of view and a decent car shootout where, um, that you see in the trailer where he jumps out. and does. There's some brutal stuff in here, too. There's some mean-spirited stuff, which Martino kind of did a lot, involving a pregnant woman, but it just is not very memorable. criminals the right to shoot cops then. You're rationalizing, Giorgio. You've got to work within the law. I'm into something big right now. This long string of robberies across northern Italy. Twelve months of sweat. That group isn't subtle at all. They want to poison the pond. They want blood, confusion. But why? There's got to be a why. Time is getting ripe for us. People are finally beginning to get fed up with the power vacuum in this so-called democracy. You have 30 seconds to go. 30 seconds. Come on out with your hands in the air. Your time's up. Shoot! 
You'll never get justice your way. What is it you want? Avenge Del Buono. You think you'll get there playing gangster? Why not, man? Seeing as a pig, I'm a failure. Try me. As what? Driver. sort of policeman. You have no way to prove it. Nothing to go on. While the police are looking for proof, you think they're going to wait? Okay, the next one is The Mad Dog Killer, starring Helmut Berger. Everybody knows Helmut Berger from The Picture of Dorian Gray and Bloodstained uh, Butterfly, I believe he's in. Okay, The Mad Dog Killer stars, um, like I said, uh, it follows the character of Udai Vitelli, or Edai Vitelli, I can't think of his name. He's basically a horrible, horrible prisoner. The movie opens up with a prison escape. Him and, th him and three of his gang escape, and they immediately run out to find the guy that's responsible for putting them there. Uh, there's a cop who's on their case trying to catch him, and it follows just these two characters. They end up um, kidnapping and uh, killing this man, but keeping his wife or girlfriend hostage. <clears throat> and that's pretty much the entirety of the film. Um, he kind of hides in, in, in disguises and things like that, and the cop is... In kind of being involved with uh, the woman and knows something's up and they're kind of almost like a, a three-way, not really a love story because Helmut Berger's just raping her repeatedly so that's kind of going on. Uh, this movie has one of the more graphic murder scenes in it but with the gang and everything like that you would think there'd be more action with four killers running around but there's just not as much action as you would expect. Helmut Berger plays sadistic fairly well. He plays the egotistical dickhead uh, down to a T kind of because you see per picture of Dory Gray. Not a very likable guy in the movie. That's what he's going for. Again, this is probably one of the least memorable of the bunch, but it does have some decent moments. Like I said, there's a moment where Al, um, Helmut Berger decides to charge the police, um, and the ending is pretty decent where it takes place in this abandoned building, and there's some stakes to be had, but it's pretty predictable. When you find out the lead uh, cop's dad is the judge who sentenced him, you're like, we know where this is going right away. And also, it doesn't really give you a decent end to the other characters, the side characters, the baddies. Not that they matter that much, but it would be nice to have actually added in a little bit more action when they could. 
There's some okay bank robberies. There's a decent score. Um, but, you know, it's not as good as the score from, like, Revolver, which is by Ennio Morricone. But uh, Mad Dog Killer, it's a movie that I've always wanted to see, a.k.a. Beast with a Gun. It's fairly solid. Uh, watch it for big Hellmont Burger fans. Um, and it, it's a decent Polizia Tessie that has some decent moments and some memorable kills, but it, it's probably known for its brutality. It's also known Ferocious, also known as Ferocious, which is a good name for it. your friend and I'll do it very very slow gonna inflict much pain you're gonna hear a guy beg for his life lady because he betrayed Nani Vitali that's the car I want don't worry there will be no bloodshed don't worry there will be no bloodshed. The police! The police! The police! Rat and louses are black! Go on! Ah! You're afraid of me, are you? You're not afraid of me? No, let me go! Let me go! Hold it! Take the girls along. We'll need them as hostages. Inspector Santini. <laughs> so nice to see you, Inspector Santini. <laughs> Shoot him for it, you crazy! I'm sorry, I lost my temper. You're lucky you don't get a bullet in the brain. Check outside. I told you, no one ever comes here. Hey. Ah! He needs a doctor. You gotta leave him like this. Let me go. Okay, the next one is the VHS Voyage, and this is going to be a little different because I'm doing some Patreon picks after this because I managed to make the VHS Voyage a Polizio Tessie too. This one has never hit DVD or Blu-ray American stateside, and it is the Ennio Castarelli um, Franco Nero vehicle High Crime. Yeah, this was made in 1973. That's kind of a pattern, early 70s for all these movies really. Uh, and it follows uh, Franco Nero, who I believe is a lieutenant, and he is completely insane in this movie. He's constantly on inhibitors, snorting them, and he's completely manic, and he's yelling at everyone, including when he goes home, he yells at his wife. He's very upset. But he's in a... Um 
He captures this guy who's involved with this drug deal. They're taking him to arrest. He gets out of the car for a second. The car blows up, killing his uh, his uh, perp and a bunch of cops. This upsets him greatly, and he's going to get to the bottom of this no matter what. This leads him into some somewhat of a corruption thing where he's pushing on his his superior to release these files. Uh, his superior is played by James Whitmore, which was really nice to see from... Um, Shawshank Redemption. He's pretty good in the movie. Uh, and Franco Nero drags the whole story along. And to be honest, his dubbing, I think he might have even dubbed his own voice. It's very hard for him to follow. He's like, ah, and you're just like, I can't, I don't know what you're saying. I wish there was subtitles. So it gets a little jarring at points and you, you miss some plot points. There's a really great kill uh, involving a hook in a an abandoned like docking place, which I thought was really unique and cool. And I, uh, there's a shooting, um, and your Casarelli manages to shoot action. Amazing. He's definitely like takes that, uh, peck and paw style where it will go slow motion. And there's a death of a character that feels straight, like from a Sam Peckinpah movie. It's done perfectly well. It's done excellent. It's emotional. The music kicks in at the right time. And the getaway in that scene is also top-notch. But uh, Franco Nero is just insane in this movie. He's ridiculous. And uh, the plot is uh, the corrupt cops, again, trying to, you know, he's trying to find out the DA and release this information to take down a bunch of criminals. And this one is pretty dark, as well as, um, as, as what is it, the uh, Italian connection gets very dark as well, which I don't want to spoil. A similar thing happens in both these movies, which kind of drives the lead character overboard completely, and it's very understandable. But uh, Franco Nero uh, gets uh, hammered up kind of at the ending. I mean, not hammered up, but he has emotional scenes, and he does pretty good. There's some good, nice shootouts at the end, some decent action, but this one doesn't come together as well as something like Revolver, where the impact is so perfect and and can, and and. and and done so well in the acting, but it is solid. It is decent, and it has some of the best action of the series, and and I would say it's the best slow motion scenes of all of them, in high crime. But uh, Franco Nero is an intense, weird, kind of dislikable cop as well. But that kind of is a theme we have going for it. But uh, yeah, that's the Polizia Tetsi. I'd like to do some more. Hopefully, I wouldn't be dying during them. But hopefully, this is enough for you guys to be interested in the genre. I am not an expert, as I stated before, but I do enjoy them. I love almost all Italian cinema. But uh, yeah, that was uh, seven Polizia Tetsi films, and I've seen a handful of others. But uh, let me know which ones you would like me to check out, maybe down the line for a part two. And again, thank you very much, uh, Derek Bourgeois. Check him out. Uh, on his uh, podcast Cinematic Attack or Cinematic Apocalypse I can't remember exactly I think it's Cinematic Attack and his YouTube channel which will be linked below so yeah let's hop into the trailer for High Crime Top Police Officials Lightning Street Chief Commissioner Scavino brutally murdered Top Crime Buster gunned down in City Street This must mean there too. No, 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 no. You can dynamite this whole city. Hold it. Take it easy, Burley. We have to be absolutely sure. I want them all. From the bottom to the top, all. I'm gonna track them down, every last one of those hoods. I'm gonna get the proof. God damn it. Be careful, Commissioner. Your anger is not enough to see you through. No. Don't try anything. You can't fight alone. If you get caught, your superiors will send you in the hill somewhere to patrol sheep. But we can't make your dossier public yet. It's not the right time for it. Yeah. Whose side are you on? Uh, I said that's enough, goddammit. Who the hell do you think you are? You think you're the only honest cop in this? We are the police who are serving the people. But what people? Eh? Those that matter. <laughs> 
Those that give orders. Those that pay. Nothing against you, man. Listen, there's... Will you shut up? God damn it! There's a killer among you! A killer! Stop! And our kids have to swim in this filth. Yeah. Who's going to stop? That's Mr. Belly. Be careful, Commissioner. You don't have the police to protect you. You know what I mean? If they can't get you, they'll get those close to you. The ones you love. I needn't appeal to your intelligence for you to imagine the pleasure certain political factions would derive over a scandal in one of my companies. However, Commissioner, you are convinced, I hope, that we grievers are beyond the slightest suspicion. Okay, the Patreon pick was done by Keith Boy Jr., and he's getting February and March together because that's how I'm going to roll. But it is Nymphomaniac, Director's Cut, Extended Cut, Volume 1 and 2. He wanted me to check these out. Now, this is a Lars von Trier movie. You guys know that I watched The Antichrist for the first time a while back, so popping in this one. Yeah, the extended versions. The first one is two and a half hours long, and the second one is three hours long. Let's start with Nymphomaniac, uh, Volume 1. Did I call it Necromaniac? I might accidentally call this Necromaniac because I'm so familiar with those movies. But Nymphomaniac uh, stars the lead from Antichrist. She's great in this movie. And uh, Stellar Starsguard. Bunch of people. Christian Slater, Shia LaBeouf. And believe it or not, this is the first movie I've ever seen with Shia LaBeouf. It wasn't purposely trying to avoid him. It just happened that way that I never saw any of the Transformers. I never saw Disturbia and it came, or Lawless. And it came to that point where I was like, I've never seen a Shia LaBeouf movie. And this is the first time I've seen him. And i got to say, he was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought he was good. Um, this movie is uh, fairly pornographic. 
Lars Van Trier always likes to push those envelopes. He's one of these directors that can get away with almost anything. So, um, like that fine art director that just somehow they give him money and somebody crazy gives him money and he just does what he wants. Uh, Nymphomaniac follows the story of a woman. She's beaten in an alleyway. Stellar Stargars find her, takes her to his apartment, and they start to talk. She starts to talk about her life, her entire life from childhood. And there's all these strange metaphors and similes throughout talking about how she's a she's an nymphomaniac. And when she first lost her virginity, it goes into where she is kind of like a teenager and how it's similar to fishing and how you have to change your uh, your rhythms and things to catch fish. It's it's pretty great. Stellan Stargars plays this uh, very um uh, you know, intelligent man who's like super book smart, but probably hasn't experienced all that much in life. And him listening to these stories of these highly sexualized stories and how this lead, she feels like she's such a bad person and she's telling the stories and it goes over. And there is some comedy in here as well. There's some actually really great moments. Um, and if I if I mistake, uh, please I, I'm sorry if I mixed the first two. If I if I'm saying a scene from the second one when it's actually the first one, but I believe the Uma Thurman stuff is in the first one, and that's some darkly comedic stuff, and also horribly um, upsetting at the same time. And while I'm watching these movie this movie, sometimes I'm wondering is Lars Van Trier trolling me? Is this like a trolling thing where they start to have these conversations about these really dark stuff, and and it's not just about nymphomania. It's almost like somebody was like, oh, I'm gonna watch this nymphomaniac movie and see a bunch of tits and sex and everything and then they watch it and they're getting you know talk talking about right angles and 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 people's fishing techniques and they're like i didn't pay for a movie with fishing techniques and it's just like he's like yeah you asshole you're gonna learn something if you like it or not or you're gonna be challenged with these crazy off the wall things and then sometimes it's just off the banana i just stupid things as well and you're just like what is he doing what is the motivation or is this just his interpretation of life i don't know he's a weird guy and this is a weird movie but i thought the performance by the lead was great uh, the woman who plays her young is also tremendous. And it's pretty heartfelt movie, to be honest, at times. It gets emotional. It gets disturbing. Uh, Shia LaBeouf keeps popping in and out of her life. And I would recommend this one. It's a coming-of-age movie at times. And there's this thing, this uh, motif with trees, because her father, Christian Slater, was a, a doctor. And he was a very intelligent man. And he would talk about trees and all these leaves and everything like that. And, then, and, and it's just really... Good stuff in there. And I think the first one's a little bit better, but uh, check out the trailer. Oh, let me get into some of the graphic stuff here, how they did it. What they do is they'd film it with the actors, and then they would film it with porn doubles. So you see actual penetration. You see fingers going in anuses. You see wieners going in wieners okay uh penises and dicks and everything and vaginas open vaginas and it was just you know after a couple minutes you're just like oh okay you know you're just watching it and it's shot nice it's it's really well made film it's lit well of course it is you know it's just art film with hardcore fucking in it and it's kind of intense and kind of crazy to do that and also kind of cool if you like a lot of movies and you know it's just it's just a strange thing to see but nymphomaniac volume one As a young girl, I discovered I was a nymphomaniac. Well, that's nothing to smile about. If you have wings, why not fly? If I asked you to take my virginity, would that be a problem? I don't see a problem. What if it's nasty? Then you just think of a bag of chocolate sweeties. I wanted to be picked up, put down, again and again. I wanted to be treated like a thing. Can I tell you something? Sure. You're my first one. Really? Love you. <laughs> and was starting to have trouble remembering who was who. I've thought about you often. Have you thought of me? Wow. Would it be all right if I show the children the whoring bed? You can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. Ah! Oh! Wow. 
It was rebellious. What should you rebel against? Bad human being. Well, you have now. You think you know everything about sex. I can't feel anything. I can't feel anything. I can't feel anything. Perhaps the only difference between me and other people was that I've always demanded more from the sunset. More spectacular colors when the sun hit the horizon. That's perhaps my only sin. Okay, Nymphomaniac Volume 2. Let's just hop right into this. Okay, so this one actually has Willem Dafoe. That's one difference here. And uh, it shows more so of uh, the lead actress. I can't think of her name. Christina something. Um, is it Christina? But her as an adult in the flashbacks. And it's leading up to a more, you know, um, modern time. The only complaint... I have two complaints about this movie, to be honest. I think that one, they spend too much time on the... Um, the uh, bondage stuff uh, with Jamie Bell. I thought that that went on too long. I kind of got it, but I know they beat it over the head. It was pretty uncomfortable on top of that, but they beat you over the head with it, I think, to show that the, the suffering she went through. But I like that they make these similes in here that she had n numerous sexual partners. I think this might be from the first one, and each one is part of a song. So Selen Stargar is interested in all this stuff because it's like kind of mimicking what he loves in life and all this music and these little these basses and these notes, these music notes. It, it's smart, and it's intelligent. And really, I like to say in the special features, it's a five-and-a-half-hour movie of people sitting in a room talking with flashbacks. And it starts to lead to a certain way, and he's always trying to convince her that she's not as bad a person and justify everything that she did that she shouldn't feel as guilty. But there's this one scene in here, I don't want to spoil too much, but... I, I, you know, it's funny as I watched so many horror movies, and back in the day, you go down and you, you go down your rabbit hole and you watch everything disturbing. And, you know, this movie had some really disturbing stuff in here, and I don't... It, with uh, you know, it's a very touchy, hot button issue nowadays, and I don't want to really spoil anything, but it just shows what she's willing to do for her disease. And you know what? The way that it's portrayed in this movie, it's definitely a disease. And her interactions with other people, the way she treats other sex addicts in the movie, the way she uh, becomes a criminal in her own. And, and then that scene is very disturbing as well. And they have a discussion about pedophilia and pedophile, pedophiles that practice and don't practice. And she has these crazy viewpoints that, you know, in a lot of ways you're listening and you're like, oh, I can see where you're coming from to a certain extent. But very intense. And like I said, the one... The, the bondage stuff goes on a little too long. And the ending. The ending in this movie, I don't know what it was trying to say. It felt like obvious. It felt like if a horror movie were pretty good the whole time and then the main character walks out in the road and gets ran over by a car and it ends. It's that kind of ending. And I was wondering, is, is this like the ultimate troll job here? Or is this a statement that's saying, oh, you know, masculinity is disgusting. It's always like that. Um, it's just, I just didn't buy it. It just didn't fit. It just felt really cheap. And it just felt kind of embarrassing, the ending. So it's just a little bit less than the first one. But I love the metaphor with the tree in here. That scene, uh, that whole, you know, recognizing yourself part is just a wonderful scene of her coming to terms with who she is and how she could possibly fix it. So there's some really good stuff in here. Great performances, uh, ballsy performances. Uh, looks good. It's an art film. I know a lot of people won't like this one, but I did. I thought it was pretty good, and I would... Really recommend checking them out, especially if you like Von Trier films, which I am not too familiar with, but I'm, I'm willing to dive in, obviously, and check some out.
My name is Joe, and I'm a nymphomaniac. Sex addict. We say sex addict. I am a nymphomaniac, and I love my filthy, dirty lust. Sexuality is the strongest force in human beings. To be born with a forbidden sexuality is agonizing. I love you, Joe. I love you. I love your wildness. When you buy a tiger, right, you also have to feed it, satisfy it. Saying I should have sex with others. That man, you, you are to ask him if he wants to have sex with me. Um. There was a world far from mine I had to explore. Here, your name is Fido. Should I take my clothes off? I'll tell you what to do. And there, get my life back. <laughs> That's not how it goes. Most people don't scream until they hit them. I'm looking for a job. I believe I possess some qualifications and that I'm rather unscrupulous. I know all about your qualifications, and they're excellent. Tie him to the chair. That's unbelievable. No one can remove their sexuality, even though it's destroying everything for them. You were a woman demanding her right, and you reacted aggressively. Almost like a man and you fought back. It's very touching, all this. Then you've probably misunderstood the whole thing. Okay, the next one is the Pick a Movie by Viper Rose 1978. This is Joel M. Reed's Blood Path. This is a horror anthology, of course. I had never seen it. Joel M. Reed did uh, Blood Sucking Freaks and a movie called Night of the Zombies. Not to be confused with the Bruno Mattei Night of the Zombies. It's a different one. Also a Nazi zombie movie, though. But we have Bloodbath, made in the late 70s. And on the cover here, it's funny. They're like, it says it stars Doris Roberts. Or was it Doris? Uh, who was in here? It was the lady, the mom from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I didn't pick her up on her, but I did spot PJ Souls. And Sonny Lanham's in this. It's got to be like two-second scene. This follows a story of a group of people out to dinner, and they all start telling these weird stories. One about somebody being married to the devil, one about a kung fu master, one about a hitman, one about a greedy person, and that's all I remember. Um, yeah, it's not particularly great. It is an oddity, but I was never bored throughout. Uh, the karate story is absolutely ridiculous and has such a stupid ending that you kind of have to see to be believed. And there's a couple stories in here that are kind of fun. It definitely feels like cheap, cheap tales in the crypt. It's definitely in the same line as something like House of De House of the Dead, aka Alien Zone, or maybe even Night Train uh, to Terror. Was that? I think that's one that one's called. Uh, but it's it's definitely in the same vein as those, but maybe not as competent, I guess I'll say. But there is a funny story in here where there's this very uh, greedy man who gets locked in his own safe with a person that he caused their death because he uh, screwed them over out of a, ho a car loan or something like that. That's pretty funny. The ending of that is just... All the twists in this are just so stupid. It's almost like they couldn't contain themselves. Like, it's good enough to have this one part, but then they're like, there's more. And you're like, we're doing that now? That's what we're going to do? Okay, I guess it's funny. But uh, a couple of things like that. Uh, it's not particularly great. Like I said, it's never boring. It's never really uh, any feat of filmmaking, but it is enjoyable. And there's some creative ideas in there and uh, maybe some stories that I haven't seen, but the, the premises have been kind of done. You know, the cheap guy, the hitman who gets his comeuppance, but stuff like that. And the arguments over the, is, the, is the devil real and stuff like that. But regardless... The ending's pretty silly, too. Uh, Bloodbath, is it worth checking out? Kinda. If you like anthologies, you might as well see it.
Okay, let's hop into the pick a movie. I can't remember who won last time. Oh, it was Clint Eisner or something like that. Still hasn't got to me. You know, if he doesn't, I'm just going to skip him. Try to find him and then nothing. Skipping him. Here we go. We have Matt Godfrey. I know he still watches. Still communicates. Let me know uh, what you want me to check out, Matt. Congrats. I guess we're going to hop into the questions. Again, I want to apologize for being so sick and everything. Uh, Door Kitty Army. How do you like the Nymphomaniac movies? They did not hold my interest. They did not finish the first one. I let you know, didn't I? I enjoyed them both. First one more than the second one. Uh, Peter England. Question. Name your five favorite Giallo movies, excluding Argento. Okay, off the top of my head. Don't torture a duckling. What have you done to Solange? Blood and Black Lace. Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key, if you want to count that one. And what's another one? What is another one? Oh, that's tough. Listen to Woman's Skin. I'll go with that one for now, another faulty. I know it's probably not that one, but off the top of my head, I can't not register. Nick Mua. Not to be a f uh, facetious, but why do you think that so many reviewers are white men? How do you feel about the recent backlash against this? Brie Larson, Nicky Captain Marvel has spoken out about this many times. I, I don't know anything about that. I don't keep up with the news too much anymore. But um, I don't know. I guess it's just you know how it's become. I don't necessarily think it's great that uh, it's all white males. You don't get that many different perspectives. Although every human being has had their own perspective, it would be nice to see you know some fresh takes on it. But if people aren't interested, if, if it's a thing that they're not interested, it's very strange. But if they're being pushed away from it, then that's a little bit, uh, you know sad so i don't know why movies and movie criticism or critique appeals to white males if that is the case but you know i i don't know maybe maybe just people aren't as uh, focused on films anymore i'm not sure how to answer that i don't really have enough information on the idea but it is kind of interesting to think about which actors do you always mix up uh, debbie mazar and uh Ferzuka bulk I, I used to confuse them occasionally and uh, that's that's all. That's the ones that confuse me, I think. And maybe like, uh, no, I don't confuse them anymore. But uh, why is it that directors who make fabulous first film always seem to disappoint their viewers, fans, the second time around? Are these directors resting on their laurels or are audience simply too demanding? I think that what happens is either A, they, they, just, they can't live up to people's expectations, or B, the studio gets involved because they had a hit. They have less control of their own movie. The studio starts to play with it, and boom, there it goes. Or they get hired to make some big blockbuster, you know, Marvel movie, and it's not theirs. It's the studio's, you know. James Gunn seems like the only guy that could go in there and make a Marvel movie of his own. So. And we got answers. Uh, this is from last week, James Grimmer. Uh, he uh, got me his fight scenes. I was a little late on reading it. Fight scenes, which stand out to me, Bruce Lee versus Count Sin. I'm not sure if I pronounce that. At the end of Enter the Dragon. Roddy Piper versus Keith David, and they live. The chainsaw fight and Tiger on beat. And uh, Peter Engelin, uh, the question was, um, who do you consider the face of the Plezia Tetsi genre? And unfortunately, I only got one answer, which is a, which is a damn shame. But as Peter Engelin, I consider uh, Maurazio Merli, the face of the Plezia Tetsi film genre, and Agno Casarelli, Umberto Lenzi, and Fernando Del Leo, the directors of the genre. That's pretty good. Okay, guys, sorry about that. I just forgot to ask the question of the week. I wanted to know what your favorite subgenre is of Italian uh, horror films or, or Italian films. So is it Plezia Tetsi? Is it um, zombie, cannibal, giallo, sword and sandal? Um, just let me know. Spy films. Just, uh, 
go ahead and let me know below. And uh, I guess we are going to hop into the update. Okay, let's hop into the update. The first is Battle for the Lost Planet from Vinegar Syndrome and Mutant War. That's a cool slipcover. Not seen these. Supposedly these are pretty low budget, but they look like a lot of fun. Can't remember the director's name on these ones, but yeah, cool stuff. Then we sorry about that weight. And then we have Party Line from Vinegar Syndrome. Again, nice slip cover. Ooh, looks sleazy. Love what Vinegar Syndrome's doing. I get all their releases, pick them all up. And then we got Graydon Clark's Wacko, which is a horror parody. I've actually never seen it, but, you know, I've been seeing a lot of Graydon Clark movies lately, so kind of interested in checking it out. That's a cool cover. I know George Kennedy's in it. Not the only movie uh, George Kennedy did with Graydon Clark. He did uh, Uninvited, of course. And then we have Tinseltown. Carter Stevens film. This must be a naughty flick. And then we have Intruder from Garage House Pictures. This is a, kind of like a lost slasher movie, but I've never seen it. <laughs> Mickey Rooney's in it. So, yeah. Pretty cool. I'm looking forward to checking it out. I don't hear many good things, but I it never stopped me before. Then we have Dance of Reality, Jodorowsky's. Never seen this one. Got it during the Target sale. But can't go wrong with Jodorowsky. I guess this is like a sequel to um, Dance of the, the Poetry one. I can't think of it off the top of my head, which is really good. Um, endless Poetry. Another one from the Target sale. We have Nomads with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Never seen this. Got a pretty good deal on it, of course. Shout Factory, of course. And then we have our Screen Factory. We have Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage and High Spirits. Another one from the Target sale. One of the latter double features I needed, or last, I should say. And then we have Willow. That's right. I picked up Willow. I haven't seen this in years. But yeah, got it from the Target sale. There's another couple coming, too, I didn't get yet. But of course, Warwick Davis, Val Kilmer, fantasy movie. Liked it as a kid. Doesn't mean anything now. Then we have Dracula's Fiance, uh, a Gene Roland or John Roland film. Um, not seen this. It also comes with and Lost in, in New York, which is cool. Um, from what I've seen on this guy, I like his films, with the exception of Zombie Lake. But does anybody really like Zombie Lake? And for the last Blu-ray, we have uh, David Lynch's Dune. I never saw Dune. I've always heard it is absolutely abysmal, but I can't just take that for uh, take their word. I have to see it. I have to know. Yeah, especially after watching Jodorowsky's Dune. But then we're gonna hop into some DVDs. We have. The uh, Face of Fu Manchu. Yeah, I think this is the second uh, Fu Manchu movie. Maybe it's the first. I'm not sure. But uh, I had the other three, so I had to. I had three of them, so I had to grab this one. And I had Chris Frilly, obviously. I had to grab The Vengeance of Fu Manchu as well. These are Warner Archive discs. So, yeah, these should be fun. Not seen either. And the final Warner Archive is Tick, Tick, Tick with um, Jim Brown and Doug Taylor and George Kennedy. So, yeah, looks pretty good. So, 
Thank you very much, guys, for watching, and back to the video. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the video. Again, sorry for my plague, but uh, as always, you guys have a good one. Eh. Oh.